0: The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management, or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Our next interview is with Rachel Ebelin She's the executive director of the Angel Band Project. And this is a very interesting Group folks, you need to pay a close attention to this. It's another nonprofit, and I refer to this, that flies under the radar, and in many communities you have nonprofits who are picking up some of the pieces that, quote-unquote, government or the institutional government, civic groups cannot do. And thank goodness for the not-for-profit groups, and the Angel Band Project is a wonderful group. Let's listen to this interview with Rachel Eberling. Tell me a little bit about the Angel Band Project and a little bit about your background and how you got involved in that.
0: Sure. So the Angel Band Project is a 501c3 nonprofit based here in St. Louis, and our mission is to use the power of music to provide healing, uh, to raise awareness, and promote positive social change for survivors of sexual violence. Uh, we provide music therapy programming for survivors of domestic violence as well as sexual violence. Uh, and that, that service is offered at no cost to those are, who are going through counseling as a result of their trauma. Um, I am one of two co-founders of the organization. Uh, We began back in 2010. uh, In reaction to, unfortunately, a personal loss, Um, one of my best friends growing up in childhood in St. Louis, Teresa Butts, uh, she and her partner, Jennifer Hopper, were brutally attacked in the home they shared in Seattle, Washington uh, in July of 2009. So, you know, this happened in July of 2009 and really left, um, so many people who knew and cared for Teresa and Jen, it really left a hole in our hearts. So, uh, in the weeks and the months that, you know, kind of progressed after losing her, uh, we were finding comfort through music. Uh, Teresa is one of 11 siblings, um, grew up in a large family in South St. Louis, and many of her siblings are uh, singers or musicians, uh, either professionally or, you know, performing in their church choirs, etc. cetera, um, as well as her partner, Jennifer Hopper. She uh, studied theatrical voice at the Boston Conservatory. So, You know, there was this real um, comfort in song that was shared not only at Teresa's funeral in St. Louis, but as well as a memorial service that took place in Seattle, Washington, uh, where where Jen and Teresa had lived. So my friend Jean Purcell and I decided um, that fall that we wanted to, you know, harness that healing power of music and put it into uh, something useful. So we created a benefit album take you with me which was comprised of family members friends uh, musicians that wanted to get behind our efforts and so we started as a benefit album we produced that in 2010 and uh, we gave all of the proceeds we donated all the proceeds of those cd sales to a national organization called the voices and faces project they are based in chicago illinois and their mission is to give voice and face to survivors of sexual assault. Um, It was shortly thereafter that we released that album uh, that we realized that maybe we had a bigger mission at hand, that we had an opportunity to uh, use music as a way to directly help and support survivors on their journey to healing. So we began the nation's first music therapy program specifically for this population. Um, we worked with Maryville University here in St. Louis uh, to help us get that program piloted uh, at Safe Connections, which is a crisis counseling center in the city uh, that supports survivors of domestic and sexual violence. So after a year of piloting that program, it was determined that the results we, that we were seeing were so positive Uh, in regards to the changes that um, those who were participating that they were going through they were really finding comfort and solace and healing through music and so now we operate programs in St. Louis as well as in Seattle Washington and New York City so this is uh, kind of we're entering our 11th year as an organization um, and we've been doing the music therapy part of our service work since 2013.
1: So how did you get involved with the music therapy portion of that was that something from your background that you knew about or you were had a connection with Maryville University with that prior?
0: you know no um, I, I I just know that what I was experiencing and, and the healing that was coming, Um, from music in my own life uh, gave me this reason to think, why couldn't we transfer that type of experience for those who had experienced sexual trauma? So I have no background as a musician or a music therapist. I didn't know much about the profession, to be honest, back then. Um, It was really through a very uh, fruitful conversation with Dr. Cynthia Briggs at Maryville University. At the time, she was the department chair there. And Maryville has a very, very recognized and respected, one of the oldest programs in the country, um, so I quickly learned a lot about the therapeutic properties of music, and uh, Dr. Briggs thought this was a perfect way to um, to support survivors. So that's really how it happened. It was just kind of this idea that um, that became a program.
1: Now, when you go to a place like Safe Connections, or you're using you know you're using your own project right now, the the Angel Band uh, project, mm-hmm. how How do you start out? Do do people who are survivors contact you? Are are you contacting them? Kind of walk us through the process of what that looks like.
0: Yes. Well, I would say generally speaking, um, you know, the partner agencies that we work with, um, they refer clients to our services. Um, Our programs are done in small group workshop formats. So usually between three and up to ten participants per workshop. And those workshops meet once a week, usually for 8 to 12 weeks. Um, We hire board-certified music therapists with a background in trauma to run these workshops. And they use a variety of music therapy interventions uh, that are specific to the group they work with um, to support them. So that is generally how we um, find clients that we can serve. Um, However, that's not always the case. Um, In other cities and with other agencies, um, it's set up a little bit differently. So, for example, in New York City, we work with New York University. We actually do our our workshops on campus at NYU. Uh, They have a music therapy center on campus. So, in that environment, it's more of relaying our our programming to other agencies in the Manhattan area, and then they send clients to NYU for you know for the workshop. So it depends on the city and and what we're and what we're doing and what the presence is, what the presence is there. Um, that's how we function our, our workshops.
1: And how how long are sessions, uh, Rachel? Are they? You know, are there like f- yeah. 15 sessions and 30 minutes long or, you know, yeah, walk through that because sure. I, I want people to get a feel for how that works. And because later on, we're going to talk about some success stories that you've had in uh, in, in the project.
0: Yeah. So um, so the, the sessions are usually 90 minutes in length. Um, and like I said, they meet weekly for um, 8 to 12 weeks. It really depends on how the agency runs their own group programming that's kind of you know we we defer to them for what length of time in treatment works and we have done programs for teen survivors so those who've experienced you know sexual trauma or domestic violence who might be 13 to 17 and then um, when you're 18 and above um, then we do you know specific programming for adult survivors so um So, yeah, that's kind of how our programs are set up.
1: So it really is, you distinguish a little bit of difference between age in in, uh, dealing with individuals who have gone through sexual trauma.
0: Correct. You know, it's just the approach is a little bit different. Um, Obviously, the the music that is experienced or you know utilized during music therapy it it looks and sounds very different if you're working with teenagers versus adults so um so yes we separate them out into age appropriate groups
1: now i noticed on your website uh and by the way uh, folks the website is AngelBandProject.org, AngelBandProject.org. You have a one-voice virtual choir, and this—I I watched the video, and it seems like these are all survivors that have gone through the program. And I'll let you take it off from there.
0: Yes. So in uh, 2014, we had an initiative, which is the One Voice Virtual Choir. It is based on a song by the Waylon Jennys called One Voice. And we worked with survivors who volunteered to learn the song uh, with the support of their music therapist. And then we individually recorded all of these uh, you know, song contributions through video, uh, through basically a video portal. So then we were able to edit all of those videos together and put them on a screen, uh, which was then turned into a live concert experience. We performed that here in St. Louis in 2014, and then it traveled to Seattle, Washington in 2015. Uh, most recently, we actually performed that at the United Nations headquarters in New York City uh, in 2018. We we were invited to perform at the UN as part of the Secretary General's "16 Days to End Violence Against Women" campaign. Uh, we were the only musical performance, and it was a wonderful opportunity. We partnered with a choral group in New York City and asked for survivors to, you know, get involved uh, that were from New York. And so, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, how music really resonates and can speak to this cause. You know, not only are we using music to directly support survivors, but we're using it to create awareness and solidarity so that people can show support and understand, you know, how prevalent this issue is in our country. Um, You know, in the United States, someone is sexually assaulted every two minutes. Uh, So the need to support survivors is great. And we want to be a voice for those who have endured this, this serious kind of trauma
1: you can really understand the power of music then because it seems like everybody is exposed to music at one time or another in their lives mm-hmm. and uh, as I was watching one of the videos uh, one individual was uh, saying how songs from her youth were ones that seemed to captivate her and she remembered and were really uh, healing helpful in her healing process, and someone else said she thought she had healed until she started really singing and getting involved with the music therapy and realized that there were some other things that were kind of pushed down that had not come out. What are some other uh, success stories, or or can you talk a little bit about how uh, individuals have really moved from a place of uh, not being empowered to a place of empowerment and confidence and hope?
0: Sure. Um, You know. I see so many beautiful stories and, and and women who go through our programs over time becoming stronger and more empowered. Um, one specific case I, I distinctly remember is a young woman who showed up at our office um, kind of unexpectedly on a weekend. We were having an, an event right outside our office doors. Um, our office is in the Del Mar Loop. And it was during the ice carnival. And this young woman who at the time was about 19 Came up and talked to me. Um, She was very shy. She was very reserved, but she wanted to know about our music therapy programs. And in the weeks thereafter, um, she started coming to our office for music therapy. Uh, She had been sex trafficked for about five years, um, had left home, and was held as a sexual prisoner. Um, finally escaped that situation, um, went through intensive therapy um, after she escaped, but suffered so greatly. Um, she was self-harming; um, she was suffering from an eating disorder. Mm. But when she saw the piano that was sitting in our office, um, I could see kind of this like you know light turn on, and she said, "You know, I I played piano when I was a little girl." and um, she sat down and like slowly kind of started to warm up and she went through a music therapy program. She participated in a special CD project that was a therapeutic songwriting project. Um, It's amazing where she is now. Um, She is in such a place of healing through tremendous support. Uh, She is getting her master's degree in child counseling uh, she has traveled with the Angel Band Project to sing her song. She's performed in New York as well as Seattle. Um, she's been a spokesperson about the kind of horrific atrocities that she experienced. And you know, I I share her story because I don't know that without the music therapy component that she would have fully been able to heal you know um the interesting thing about music therapy is that it's you know it's just one offering um to help someone you know kind of process the trauma but music can really um hit us in a place that is deep within us and because it can sometimes be um just experienced it might not have to be verbalized um music can kind of create this bridge to being able to talk about a trauma that is really, really difficult to talk about. So, you know, for those who might feel like, you know, maybe talk therapy ha- has has or maybe hasn't worked for them, um, music therapy can be a, a really good uh, alternative uh, for someone who is looking for some healing.
1: You know, that's, you hear about these things, uh, just like you mentioned, and it's, it's incredible how resilient people can be but they just need a support mechanism and something to encourage them and and give them hope at the end of with you know light at the end of the tunnel I know it probably will vary from city to city based uh based upon the question I'm going to ask but Mm -hmm. you know how many clients do you normally see in a year
0: um I would say average in a year is about 150 clients um you know we we fund the the music therapist salaries. So really our, you know, our programming is limited to what fundraising, you know, that that we do and what grants we receive. So um, I will say that in a year like right now with this pandemic, um, you know, this has obviously changed everything for every kind of service agency, right? Um, You know, when March came and the pandemic hit, many crisis counseling agencies had to close right and so suddenly there are survivors who need support and it's even worse if you're in a domestic violence situation because Mm -hmm. suddenly you know your home has not become your safe space right so we have um, integrated a telehealth online music therapy program to uh, support survivors during this time of crisis And now we're starting to realize that, you know, through technology, we're able to reach into areas that we might not have been able to before, which is really exciting. Um, You know, we're working with survivors from many different cities uh, because now they can access our programming where they, you know, once might not have been able to do that. So, um, you know, so this is definitely a a new way of operating. Um, There are pros and cons in it, but. I will say back to your point about being connected. I think the single most important part of healing from this kind of trauma is having your support system, having someone believe you um, that this has happened to you and to support you in however that looks. And, you know, so no matter what the circumstances are our music therapists are there to be that connection to be that to be that source of comfort and i think that's probably the most important part of any therapeutic process is is establishing trust and connection which we definitely do
1: mm-hmm. you know, a- absolutely that that's that's really a key now you have some activities coming up in the fall and this would be if the covid thing is Winding down, which we're not quite sure what's happening right now. But um, what are some future plans that you have?
0: Well, um, you know, we do every fall we have a gala um, to raise money for our music therapy programming. And this year we are pivoting to a hybrid event, um, which will be comprised of a virtual broadcast and, you know, fundraising initiative that evening. Um, It will involve some musicians, um, a few celebrity guests. Um, So so anyone in the public will be able to, you know, join, get a link and, you know, be there virtually to support the Angel Band Project. Um, And we're also doing some small, intimate dinner parties to, you know, create community to keep our donors, um, you know, present with us and to share in our mission, because this year has been um it's been difficult for all small businesses of course um but nonprofits particularly are suffering because you know giving is down um donations have just kind of um they're just coming in piecemeal so we need to do our best um this year so that we can next year continue to operate and you know offer more music therapy programs next year
1: you know kudos to you for uh taking the thought process and um, moving forward with the project. Mm. You know, you look at the the girl who who met you uh, outside of the office there mm -hmm. and you you never know where people are going to end up when they they come to a crossroads, which way they're gonna go and then what happens after that.
0: Yeah, well, you know what, it's interesting you say that because so one of our clients, um, her name is, she's in her 60s, she's just an an amazing um, force of a person. She learned about Angel Band through um, Safe Connection. She was in therapy there. And um, what she says about music therapy, and I think this is really beautiful, um, she says that Safe Connection saved her life um, and Angel Band Project saved her soul.
1: Mm.
0: And I I just thought, you know, I think about that sometimes. Like, um, you know, yeah, it it gives people maybe um, a reason to really feel, you know, connected to themselves and maybe maybe to others in the future. So I love leading this organization and hope, hopefully growing it so that we have more of a presence and can do more good work.
1: The amount of nonprofits that serve the St. Louis area or the state of Missouri or even nationally that do things, my words, that fly under the radar that most people aren't aware of, which is why we're highlighting you know, the, the angel band project Mm -hmm. and the outcomes as a result of your efforts and the efforts of the music therapist, you can't put a price tag on that.
0: I know you can't, you know, like any other mental health, it is, it is hard to have, you know, quantifiable data, um, to share because, you know, how do you, how do you mark where someone's healing, you know, has been, how do you track what someone's life is like, you know, post uh, post therapy, right? It's a hard thing to understand and to quantify, but I will say that, you know, we do evaluations of our programs. Um, there are self reports that are taken pre and post workshop. And, you know, the comments that we hear that, you know, suddenly, you know, PTSD symptoms have, have remarkably lowered, you know, due to incorporating music therapy and, in, in, you know, to their lives or, they find more hope on a daily basis than they were prior to music therapy. It's things like that, that you think, you know, if we're able to help a little bit along the way and, you know, have someone's life turn around a little bit better, then that's what we're here for, you know? And like I said, I mean, music therapy is just one of many ways in which we can offer support. But for those that it really resonates with, it can be life changing. Um, You know, there are clients that I've seen that have become critical partners in our work that are advocates and now, you know, mentors for other survivors. So how do you, you know, how do you put a price tag, like you said, on on those life-changing experiences. So, you know, it's my honor to do this work. I I feel like, you know, until I lost a friend to a horrific, unexpected act of sexual violence, I don't know that I would have, you know, been so passionate about this, but I have three daughters. And, you know, when the statistics show that one in four women will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime, um, you know, that starts to hit pretty close to home. So I have made this my life's work and it's the people that we help that, that keep me, you know, advocating for, for what we do.
1: Rachel Ebeling, co-founder and executive director of the Angel Band Project. Thank you very much for taking time to talk to us at St. Louis in (laughs) Tune.
0: Absolutely, Arnold. Thank you so much for giving us this chance to expose more people to our mission. I really appreciate it.